Hello, this is Pastor Paul, and I'm an associate pastor at Living Word Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to say thank you for joining us today, because I know the word from Pastor Doug will minister to your spirit, and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the word. Enjoy today's message. Hey, everybody. It's Sunday morning coming at you from home again. Uh, I've got several things I want to share as we start off, and we're going to pray as we begin this morning. I trust that you're able to gather together whoever lives in your own house, and if you're alone and on quarantine, I'm sorry about that, but uh, today we want to share a a bit from the Word that will enrich and grow relationships. We're at a time uh, in, in history where I believe relationship with God is taking a hit for many people just because of circumstances and aggravation and inconvenience and quite frankly from uh, being separated from fellowship uh, really really affects christian relationships like it would your own family relationships at home so to to really combat that we're going to today receive communion together so if you're not ready for that you might want to get ready for that and uh, get some elements before you a little bit of bread or a cracker and some kind of juice or something to drink at the end of service today at the end of our time together i want to lead you in receiving holy communion you know communion is meant to be a reinstatement a, a public profession of our faith It's meant, though, to do a work in our heart of renewal to our covenant, uh, really we're to do it pretty often. And it's so that we are in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us and who we are as a result and what our benefits are in staying in covenant. Covenant is a a two-way arrangement. It's a two-way agreement, uh, an agreement between two parties. And our covenant with Christ Jesus is made by his blood. So when we come together in Holy Communion, we are receiving that new life that he's offered us. And at the time, this time of of separation for many people is uh, aggravation and an inconvenience. Um, Things just seem to become much more difficult and to know the right thing to do sometimes is also a difficult thing. So we're gonna hit all of that head on this morning by looking at the word and uh, understanding our covenant and making sure that we do our part because God's promised to do his part. So if you will, if you got somebody nearby, come into agreement right now. We're going to pray together as we kick things off this morning. And uh, uh, at any rate, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your loving kindness in our lives. Father, for your consistent love toward us, your persistence to cause all of your promises to be available to us and real in our lives, Father, that our relationship is one with your love and tenderness in it, but at the same time, one with choices and discipline on our part to line up with the covenant you set in motion. You authored it and together we finish it. So Father, thank you as as we come together today in fellowship, you're going to enrich our lives, empower our lives, give us a boldness and a strength to live for you in the face of any kind of difficulty or adversity. Father, I thank you for the victory that comes by looking at your word and choosing to believe it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning as we begin, I want to make sure everybody's aware. If you're listening, you're connected somehow to Living Word. Um, Pastor Josh and uh, his his uh, mother, Jill Dubit, lost uh, their grandfather and dad uh, this week. Uh, just a very sudden loss. Uh, uh, 
in a hospital setting and tomorrow is a memorial very private very limited memorial for them but this morning i want to to speak out to to them and to their family and uh to to jill's mother mary who's uh uh, now spending time before the Lord to know about our future and uh, our thoughts and our prayers are with you all as a family. I know that uh, you love and serve the Lord and uh, also so did so did Pop as you call him uh, love and serve the Lord and been been friends of Living Word for many many years. So we love you. Our prayers are with you and I know that the peace of God's going to increase in your hearts. Uh, through this weekend and into next week because he's with you and uh, he'll lead and guide you into everything that you need to know and uh, all of the truth that will uh, bring about his, his goodness in your life. So we love you and are praying for you this morning. Well, everybody, as we, we, we look to the word this morning, we wanna be aware that uh, you know we're in a, in a Christian life and in a situation that has a lot of uh, adversarial action against it right now. When I think about the future of church and the future of our faith, I see it being challenged in a lot of ways that I think maybe every generation feels like that's happening, but I've never seen more of a concentration of uh, things bombarding Christians uh, that are today. It seems like that's all on the increase and scripture says uh, the, the nearer we come to Jesus return, the more we're, we're going to see a buffeting or a persecution against our faith in general, against the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, against uh, the word of God being an authority or the final and greatest authority in our life. It seems like people wanna take God's place. People wanna be the highest authority. People want to be depended on and have the solutions for everything. And we know there's really not going to be a solution with any, any lasting value except Christ Jesus being the center of it. So today we look at the, the center of our relationship with him, which is a covenant. We don't understand a lot about covenants in, in modern day American thinking. So I'll give you some idea of what it meant in the Old Testament. When two parties came together in a covenant, it was a binding agreement that uh, was sealed with a blood exchange or blood involvement. You know, we think of little kids sometimes becoming blood brothers. I had a number of cousins that we entered into this pact by poking our finger with a needle and shaking hands and, you know, sharing, mingling blood, supposedly. Anyway, it was a, a token of an esteem that we felt for each other and a commitment we were making to watch out for one another as we uh, grew up and took on responsibility and uh, it was uh, a symbol of our, our love and concern for each other. Well, in Old Testament times, it was much more than that. It was so binding that, that people that entered into a blood covenant particularly were family and were closely knit together. And there was a code of conduct. There was uh, an expectation between the two that if one did well, the other would automatically do well. That they would, if you want to think of it this way, pull each other up and encourage one another and, and uh, be there for the other person in ways that we can't even comprehend today. It was uh, a bond, uh, scripture calls it a friend closer than a brother because there's an exchange that is a commitment beyond just being born into an agreement, but being born again into an agreement. A blood covenant was a type of, of being born again or coming into a newly defined relationship that changes who we are. 
And that's what Jesus has offered to us is a covenant like that, a covenant where he's done everything on his part already, but we have to, to be challenged in this life. Really, we are challenged by uh, what the enemy is out to do, what the devil is out to do, and what this world, because it so readily follows uh, uh, the, the trek of darkness anymore, the world will, will come against and work against your covenant. And I would say it this way, our covenant of salvation through Christ Jesus is everything to the believer. So we want to look at that today, protect it, preserve it, uh, reenact our, our agreement and come into agreement with God on it and uh, that we reconnect to doing our part. I see this this crisis that's you know uh, shut us down on the short term for people to get well again to to be a real assault on fellowship and uh, Christian fellowship and honoring honoring God on the Sabbath particularly. So today I'm going to just just hit that uh, square in the middle and take it out of our thinking so that we uh, remain in right relationship in a strong place, strong position in our walk with the Lord Jesus. So today we're renewing covenant. I want to start out in, in Hebrews 13, a couple of verses, verses 21 and 20 and 21, describes the covenant this way. Now the God of peace that brought again the, from the dead, our Lord Jesus, who is that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect, make me perfect, make us perfect in every good work to do his will working in you and working in me, that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He talks about a covenant working in us to do the will of God. And when we ask Jesus to live inside of us, to come into our life, to come into our heart as Lord and Savior, we're entering an agreement that we don't fully understand, but we choose to embrace it because we recognize Jesus loves us and gave his life for us. So we choose to give our life back to him. And it's a, a two-way agreement. You know, so much teaching, you know, more and more today is about just enjoying the goodness of God and the benefits of God and doesn't give the believer any responsible role. And I think that's dangerous. I think that it is, is not even scriptural. It's taking things out of context because we're in a relationship that is uh, uh, God's done all of his part and we choose to make Jesus Lord and do our part. And I think that becomes increasingly important in a world and even in a church world that is uh, really just thinking everything's all right all the time and there's nothing on our part to do. I know there are moments that, that I walk much more closely with the Lord than other moments just because of life in general, taking away attention, taking away time. And every so often I have to just choose to hunker down and reboot in my, my time in the scripture, my time in prayer. And I would encourage you to be a realist when you look at your relationship with the Lord Jesus and do the same thing. Look at your own life as it really is. And scripture says if we judge that appropriately, we'll not be judged long term uh, in this world by God or by man negatively. But he talks about an everlasting covenant that was put in motion by Jesus shed blood that is working in us to well-pleasing to God. In other words, there's a process 
we're going to go through in Christian living that has some struggle in it, has some conflict in it, has to, to have on our part a, a real appraisal from time to time of uh, what's motivating us, who are we listening to, is this world getting to us somehow, uh, has sin entered in somehow, I mean, you know, sin, sin comes against every person living, particularly those of us who want to live for the Lord. So you have to be conscious of how the enemy creeps in and creates a, a separation in our relationship with God and a separation in our relationship with one another. As pastor, I'm really aware that as we're not having services, it's all too easy for the enemy to take us away from the things of God, away from our relationship with God and his people because of other responsibility or other interests, or quite frankly, distractions uh, when people are shut down and, and at home or isolated from, from our social connections because our, our social life in many ways represents our choices for accountability who we spend time with and their life choices and their life standards affect ours. So we're meant to come together under the banner of, of the love of God and, and celebrate that together, but also keep ourselves in check. So today gives you the ability to look at all of that at home and consider that individually and as families, because we're in a blood covenant that is a binding agreement on God's part. It's only a binding agreement on our part if we keep ourselves bound to it or connected to it. And he talked in, in, in Hebrews 13 about it being like a, a shepherd and sheep kind of relationship. So we have to recognize that, that Jesus has our best interest in mind. He understands what's next in our life. He understands what, what we're going through and what has happened to us. And he has the ability to make everything work out right if we will stick to covenant with him. Doing what he says, essentially, makes the covenant work for us. So that's what we're out to do today, take a look at that. And you know, I've, I've heard many times Christians say, I tried this or I tried that and it didn't work for me or it's not happening for me. Well, it's because there's, there's an issue on our part. We somehow, think of it this way, we've shorted out the connection with God by sometimes ignorance, sometimes known choices that we've made, sometimes just, you know, sin has entered in. And when we don't deal with sin, it becomes a, a vicious circle in lifestyle that, that will steal, kill, and destroy is what the scripture says. So if we want the, the life of God, if we want what he has in mind for us, we've got to give him something to work with. And what he asks for that we give him is an understanding of covenant and entering into a binding agreement with him, where when we choose the, the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, we choose Jesus as Savior, we also commit to him as Lord. And he's Lord in our life because we honor covenant. So there are things that we find in the New Testament that literally tell us how to do that. And the easiest, the, the most straightforward I really can see is in John chapter 10. And I wanna look at that this morning so that the enemy doesn't get away with pulling you away from fellowship, pulling you away from God, pulling you away from your knowledge of his word and get you too distracted. And uh, this, is, this is out of a heart of just recognizing what it is to be a part and how damaging it is, where literally God commanded us to, to be together, to not forsake the assembly, to celebrate the Sabbath and put him first. And all of that has become incredibly difficult on, on the near term, and I believe is protected and even being taken care of by God for the long term. So this is a short term problem, but we've got a long 
long-term benefit and covenant we want to look at and manage. You know, each person, each of us has to do this for ourselves because it's our relationship with the Lord Jesus himself. This is John chapter 10, verse 4, that talks about the, the promise in this covenant. And Jesus is speaking, and he said, when the shepherd leads his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. You know, if we're going to be in any kind of agreement with God, any kind of covenant with God, we learn to hear his voice and we follow his voice. When I think of what's being challenged in most people's lives right now, it's the ability to follow the voice and direction of the Lord because it's being challenged. You know, I know that the Supreme Court shot down uh, uh, in New York State, shot down the governor's uh, locking down of churches and said, no, churches can operate because of the first first uh, amendment to the Constitution and freedom of, of religious expression. I'm thankful for that. But I, there, there is a battle right now where the enemy is trying to shut out anybody's ability to stay connected to fellowship. If the enemy can get away with that in, in any way he wants to. Because if we're not listening for the voice of the Lord and we learn to recognize his voice by hearing what the scriptures say. When we hear enough of the scripture, we recognize when something we're hearing is of God or not of God. And it's the, the first and basic fundamental rule of covenant is we know who we're in covenant with. We know what it is to hear his voice and uh, that he is consistent in his message. He's consistent in what he asks us to do. He's consistent in what he forbids us doing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus isn't going to change. And he's an expression of the Heavenly Father who also, Scripture says, changes not. So if we're going to consider that, we've got to understand that, that the shepherd and the sheep relationship, we're, we're on the sheep side of that. We have to, by our proximity to the master, learn his voice, learn what it is he's saying, learn what it is that's in his heart, and then we follow. And following him is proof that we're his sheep, not just hearing his voice. You know, we can hear his voice and not behave as his sheep. And pretty soon, we're not really even in the flock when it comes to fellowship. I know many times people take a false security in thinking, well, I've been saved back there in 1970 and I'm good to go with God. I'll go to heaven. Well, they may end up in heaven, but they may have a heck of a time while they're down here in the earth because they're, they're living outside the, the, the guidelines of covenant. If we want God's blessing in this life, then we're going to give him something to work with and literally live the way he says. And this is, this is New Testament. This is Jesus speaking, so we really can't get around it. Said his, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Well, we've got we've to gotta hear him first and we'll subject ourselves to his word and listen and let it work on our heart and change what we're thinking. And then we'll follow him. Following him is the, the proof of lordship, not hearing his voice, but choosing to do something with it. That's proof that we're making him our master by our choices and not just our savior because of a, a message that we've heard or something that we've heard. I, I think of it this way. We, we follow Jesus closely and then he will lead us out of any kind of briar patch or difficulty that we come into. And I think of a briar patch because I, I think of childhood when we moved to the farm and 
we had some some wild acreage on that farm at first and some of it was located between the, the highway and the railroad tracks along highway 54. My mother had grown up a, a couple miles from there and had walked those railroad tracks many times so she was aware of wild strawberries and wild blackberries and wild asparagus and other things that grew along the railroad track and she was thrifty enough and and uh, wanted us kids to have things to do i think it, it got us out of her hair sometimes to send us out there and we would go picking and we did this year after year after year there was a season for various things that grew in the wild we were asked to go get them and we learned very quickly after the first year getting eaten up by chiggers and mosquitoes and everything imaginable that there was a preparation there was something that we needed to do if we wanted the benefit of going out and, and harvesting from the wild. For a Christian, for a believer, this life is like that. God's made a lot available to us, but the enemy will put briars in the way. He will put biting insects in the way. He'll put anything in the way that he can. And again, I'm, I'm likening this to the briar patch of childhood and going out and picking in the wild. This world is like that, where there's going to be opposition there's going to be things that challenge you. And Jesus is telling us in, in John 10, that there's a, a covenant and a promise that he's given us that will override the enemy's limits in our lives if we choose to keep covenant with him. So many times people wanna break covenant and then pray later, God do this in my life, do this for me, do that for me. But they've not given him what, what he wants to work with, which is our obedience as a seed in that covenant so that he can do what we need when we get caught out out there, get in trouble somehow out there. I think of the, the many times after the first time we went to the briar patch, we all got kind of chewed up and beat up and didn't pick a lot of berries. And we thought, well, we're, we're done with that. And about three days later, we were sent back out again, but this time we prepared. You know, we got the, the off and sprayed ourselves down, wore a long sleeve shirt and long pants instead of short pants and uh, were prepared when we got home to, to wash right away, make sure that we didn't have anything uh, biting us or taking the life out of us somehow. And we knew there'd still be an expectation to bring a harvest home. So we learned as we went along and we, we weren't allowed to give up and just sit back and say, well, that wasn't worth it. So many Christians give up so easily and just say it isn't worth it because that's the enemy's job to come against us so we don't get any benefit in this life out of our relationship with God. And if he can, the enemy will keep us isolated and make us miserable too. So there's a way to break out of that. And we're talking about that today in this covenant. That was verse four of John chapter 10. Verse five goes like this. And a stranger... My sheep will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Well, right away, Jesus is saying he's given us a, a promise and a covenant, but there's someone out to interrupt that. There's someone out to bring conflict against that. Understand that, that many of the voices in the world, Scripture says none of them are without significance. Every voice in the world is going to want to be heard, going to have a cause, going to be right, going to think that they're, they're right and everybody needs to listen and comply. Jesus is saying when we come into conflict and interruption in our covenant to recognize that, that the devil will use things like that to cause us to fall back or follow another voice. 
If you're not careful right now, it's easy to get discouraged by things on the news or being isolated or uh, even experiencing COVID or some other sickness, if you're experiencing that. The enemy's design in that is to try to discourage and, and cause us to follow the voice of a stranger or just give up and give in to whatever's going on around us. You know, I know that there's a, there's a science to this disease, but if you're not careful, you'll listen to the science more than you listen to God's word. God's word says that we can have whatsoever we say. Well, I want to keep saying I'm well and Jesus is my healer. And a lot of people would scoff at that today and say, well, we've got to pay attention to the science. I, I, I respect the science, but I honor the Lord first. And I'd encourage you to find the same kind of place in, in every bit of your life. He says, in a stranger, they'll not follow. We've got to be careful or we'll find ourselves motivated by all the other voices that are coming into our ears and coming into our head. There's everything imaginable on the news. There's every possible choice to make for negativity or defeat. And instead, we should look to what scripture says to be inspired by what Jesus said that in all of these things, He's made for us a way of escape, and that is because we, we serve him and we live for him in a covenant. I keep saying the word covenant because it's only a binding agreement on God's part until we agree to our part. Then both parties are in an agreement together. So one, one thing we've got to watch out for is all the anti-word, anti-Bible stuff that's going on. All the pressures against uh, church gathering. I'm glad that that's, uh, that's being spoken against by people in government and things are being erided there. But recognize Jesus said as the, the, the time comes near to the end that there's going to be more and more an outcry against God's authority and God's word by other voices. Be careful how that impacts your life. Be careful how uh, a, a message of compromise that hits your ears might sound good in the short term uh, to want to do your own thing. I'd, I'd focus on being more devoted to the Lord Jesus and what his word says than ever before, because it's our faith in his word that is a picture of our faith in who Jesus really is. He gave us his word so that we could have faith in his word and that would develop our faith in him. It's one in the same thing. So there's all kinds of conflict and interruption. When I look at everything that the enemy has in mind right now and interrupting ministry, interrupting family life, interrupting, interrupting uh, so much of what God has done uh, to make our lives peaceful, the enemy trying to take away from peace and creating turmoil, he's out to give it, create as much conflict as he can. And many times when people get in conflict, they will, they will look for comfort rather than truth. And we want to focus on, on the truth and therein comes our comfort. The Holy Spirit will be our comforter. Jesus said in verse 9 of John chapter 10, he said, I am the door. He's letting us know there's a place of decision and a place of direction always when, when we're fellowshipping with him. I am the door, if, if by me any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he'll go in and out, and he'll find pasture. In other words, no matter what is going on, if we'll rely on him, if we'll make a decision for the Lord Jesus in a day-to-day -day basis, I'm not talking about a one-time commitment to the Lord as Savior, but keep circling back, making him Lord no matter what's happening. He creates the door into our future, where we'll find pasture. 
I know there's going to be a whole lot of decisions people are, are making as uh, all of this winds down and, you know, uh, paying attention to uh, the turmoil in the political world, the turmoil and in, in disruption in our lives. There's going to be a lot of decisions to make, whether we'll honor the Lord Jesus or not in, in the coming years, particularly, and how we will honor him. And understand the scripture tells us how. If we want to be in covenant, he tells us exactly how or what we're to do. And it isn't up to us to define that. It's up to us to do the things that the word says to do. So Jesus as the door is always for us a place of decision. Are we going to do what the scripture says? Or are we going to do what man says or what we think in our own mind is better? You know, so, so many people uh, make decisions and then ask God to bless that because they feel right about something. Well, your feelings will betray you when it comes to living for the Lord Jesus, because we're not about feelings first. We're to be about truth first. And what does the scripture say? And you'll want to let that really get settled down in your heart or you'll get talked out of every blessing of God that God intends for you in this life by the logic of man, which is not superior to the truth of God. So there's decisions and directions that we have to make if we want to, to rest and have security in our fellowship with him. I know that many people are feeling really uncertain about the future. You know, I'm home and I listen to a little bit of news. There's, there's all kinds of commercials right now about an uncertain future and about everything being redefined and there being a reset, a global reset, and that everything is going to be re, redefined in a different way. Well, the world is going to keep trying to reinvent a system that doesn't work that's centered on man. But we serve the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the Lord of glory, and he's the master of the universe. And he literally says that, that if we want to serve him, he'll make our way perfect. He'll make things right. So I'd be careful how much you, you hear right now of the conflict and the interruption and, and focus on right decisions so that right direction can come. As we choose to honor the Lord and keep him first and not compromise, he's going to direct our future into where he says we'll find pasture. That means we'll have plenty to eat, plenty, plenty, peace, peace around us to rest. We'll have a security. And we know that our security is not going to be of this world. It's got to come from the Lord of glory. It's got to come in our relationship with him and our confidence in that relationship. Keeping covenant with Jesus personally will give you all the confidence you need to, to stand strong when there's difficulty and there's trial. If you've experienced a shaking, it's time to look at covenant and uh, strengthen that so that you're not redefined with the world, so that you don't become more secularized with a, a world that's pulling away from God. And many Christians are trying to live a hybrid life and have an appeal on both sides. We can't serve both God and mammon. Jesus said that, and he literally meant we can't serve him and give him our life and serve the ways of this world, serve the God of this world. And I see so many teachings anymore that are trying to marry the two, and God will never allow it to be. We either live for him or we live for the world. So when we consider covenant, it purges the world's way out of us. It purges wrong thinking out. It purges out our, our sometimes our natural wisdom where we think we've got something figured out. The only way I know I've got something figured out right is I can find it in the scripture. 
and the scripture agrees with, with what I think I have invented or what I think I've come up with. See, he goes before us. Jesus said a key thought. He said, the good shepherd goes before the sheep. That means he's got it figured out and he's defined the truth in the scripture for us. And if we can't find something in the scripture to back us up, and I'm not talking about just a little bit, but a lot, then we're looking in the wrong direction. So many times, again, I'll say people want God to bless what they think is right rather than finding out what was right and change because God's already blessed what's right. Now, Jesus goes on to say in, in verse 10 that there's enemies to, to your covenant agreement. And there's, there's because there's enemies, if we're not careful, we fall into a place of consequences for not keeping covenant the way that we're supposed to. See, we have a responsibility it's a word I don't hear a lot on, you know, I, I hear TV preachers. I'm not out traveling around to hear what people really talk about in hour long sermons rather than the 20 minute snippet on TV, because there's a, there's a responsibility. And when we don't meet responsibility, there's conflicts. And when there's conflict, there's going to be consequences eventually that hit somebody. And when we choose to to have wishful thinking toward our relationship with Jesus and not take responsibility, there's consequences. We don't automatically get what the scripture says because we were born again. We, we work covenant to enjoy what the scripture promises by doing our part. Jesus said in verse 10, and I, I, this is one of my, my favorite verses, the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have that life more abundantly. Jesus is letting us know that there's direct opposition to the covenant. It's not automatic. He said, I've come so that you might have it and might have it in increasing abundance. But he warns us in the very same word, verse, and he even precedes the promise with the threat of the enemy that's in this world, Satan, who is the God of this world, who's running and controlling anything that is not under the blood of Christ Jesus. So when we're not in blood covenant with Christ Jesus and living the way we're supposed to, we've opened the door for what the enemy means to do, to take us away from the blessing of God and take us uh, in, into a place of harm. The devil's a very real enemy. I don't hear people talk about that a lot anymore either. It's kind of like uh, evil exists and people recognize that, but they don't personify him the way Jesus did in this verse. He calls him the thief. So what is the thief out to do? He's out to steal your ability to walk in covenant. He's out to steal your ability to hear and do what it is God's saying to do. The thief is out to get away with murder if he can by taking us out of covenant, getting us out of our, our protective rights in walking with the Lord Jesus. Well, today when we receive Holy Communion, we're gonna renew that covenant because we recognize our need to do so. We recognize that the enemy in this world tries to pull us out of covenant, out of our, our agreement with God, and then we become uncertain about our future. We begin to vacillate and begin to think more like the world, and we get uh, more fearful and more covetous and more concerned and more aggressive in the natural and less peaceful and less restful and uh, less like Jesus in our, our thought life and our actions. The thief is out to remove us from the covenant 
He can't do away with the covenant. He just tries to make it null and void toward us because we choose the other voices. We choose the other masters. We choose to hear what he has raised up in the world as the, the alternate solution that man's come up with. We have to continually reject that to walk in covenant with the Lord Jesus. He said, I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So when we protect our relationship with him and we protect our covenant with the Lord Jesus, then we're going to see a, a, a blessed outcome. There's going to be degrees to that blessing. There's going to be more and more that we see in our lives because we work to protect the relationship and the covenant. When I would see my, my cousins that, that we had, we were blood brothers, quote unquote, as little kids, we always would, would re, rework, restate what we had agreed to. And that went on really for a number of years, especially in our, our preteen years where we were wanting alliances and we were stronger together than we were apart. And we would do anything to watch out for one another. And I, I remember actively paying attention to what was going on in, in one another's lives. If we're in a blood covenant with Christ Jesus, we're also in a, a covenant with other believers where we have brothers and sisters in the Lord and we're watching out for one another. And uh, we want to renew those vows as well, where we're, we should be very aware of the challenges coming against one another and praying for one another. So I'm encouraging that fellowship and I long for getting back together and, and renewing that because the body of Christ uh, thrives in fellowship and quite frankly, we suffer when we don't have that. So today we're renewing with the Lord Jesus because we have an enemy. The enemy has consequences in mind and the consequences are simply because we, we start hearing other voices and we make choices that follow the other voices rather than what the scriptures say to do. That's why I say, and I celebrate in my own life, scripture is the highest authority in my life. And it should be in all of our lives. And the Holy Spirit will quicken that to us and help us uh, respond to scripture the right way. Jesus came as savior and he talks about that in verse 11. I want to want to go there because it's it's one of the most important realities that we have is that Jesus laid down his life and gave his life for us and he did it because we have an enemy in this world. He wouldn't have had to do that. He wouldn't have had to come to the earth at all if we didn't have an enemy to overcome. If we weren't going to have a constant barrage from this world that uh, serves, the world serves the devil, quite frankly. It's in captivity and bondage to him without even knowing it. People are so deceived into thinking they are their own Lord and Master when Scripture says we have the Lord Jesus or the Lord and Master is the spirit of this world, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of anti-God. And uh, uh, the world is ignorant to that and will argue that they're, they're not in servitude to anybody. They're their own master. But if you know anything about spiritual truth, you know it's simply not true. Jesus said in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. So today we acknowledge what Jesus did in laying down his life by taking up communion and taking the elements in our hands. We're literally saying, Jesus, I take up the life that you laid down. He laid down a perfect life. He laid down a sinless life. He laid down a righteous life. 
it's a really holy thing for us to even consider. We can take hold of these elements and we are taking hold of his life by his will. It was his desire to lay down his life so that he could take it up again through us because he's living in us. So see it as Jesus taking possession of, of his right to be Lord in your life. It's not just an act of surrender and obedience on our part, but it's Jesus whose spirit lives in us saying, I am, I am living big in you. And we take the elements in our hands and receive communion together. And it's, it's a kind of renewal of, of covenant. It's restating what is true. It's restating our, our vows of dependence on him and our vow of his reliance on us. Today, we acknowledge what Jesus did for us in laying down his life, what Jesus did for us so we could pick it up again. As we receive communion, we're literally saying, Jesus, I'm picking up where you left off. I'm partaking of your perfect life in place of and to displace my sinful life, my unrighteous life. Jesus, I take up your righteousness to lay down my unrighteousness. And literally, in, in that act of, of obedience, we are saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. And we're saying that in a, a fresh new way. We're acknowledging that we're taking up his life. I know whenever there's a, a break in, in fellowship in a relationship, there is a coming back together. There's a kind of celebration back together again where uh, if I'm apart from Lucinda or she's apart from me for any bit of time, when we come back together, we want close fellowship together. We want to commune together. We want to share everything that we can together. And there is a reconnect. There's a renewing of a, a bond. It's not just a, an agreement that we have made. It's a covenant that we've made unique to the two of us that we don't have in the same way with another living human being. That's a, a marriage covenant. Our covenant with Jesus is to be that and then some. It has a supernatural aspect to it. It's a connection to heaven for all eternity. It's a connection to the heavenly father and what is rightly passed to us through his DNA the righteousness of God that, that came through Jesus, where that he's so right in his living in us that he addresses all the wrong and the unrighteousness, and we choose to let it go. There is a way to increasingly live for him by embracing him more and more. I believe the more we receive the elements of communion, the more conscious we become of our connection with him and our need to commune with him. It's a way of giving pause and celebrating the most important relationship in our lives with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know any couple that when they come to the, the anniversary date of their marriage that they don't give pause and stop somehow in that day and acknowledge the importance of that union, the choices that they've made to honor that union, the value in that union, and the, the continued definition of living in that union. We're to do that often is what scripture says when we receive communion in our, our union with the Lord Jesus Christ, our communion with him. And not forget that we're, we're married to the masters, one way to look at it. We have chosen to bind our life together with his 
And as we give our lives back to him, he fills us with his life. I want to share a, a short passage, two verses from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. says that Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the tree or on the cross that we, then being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. Jesus took our sin on the cross. There's, there's no denying that in the scripture. And we recognize that and we're thankful for that. But he did it so that we could live for him. Our scripture says live unto righteousness. That means that's our part. Our part is a righteous response. Our part is to honor God's word and, and give it full authority in our lives and do the things that scripture say, uh, honor the Lord and give him glory. He says, uh, we should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. I wanted these verses included today because the, the work of the cross includes our healing, but to enjoy healing, we come into and stay in a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember praying and saying from our pulpit when we were still together, if anybody in this congregation does come up having COVID or flu or any other disease, Jesus is our healer. And we can count on that and we can count on pulling through and, and living through it. And I believe that. But I believe that it isn't enough for pastor to say it. It isn't enough for me to say it because it's in the scripture. We have to choose to believe it. And he literally tells us how to do that. We choose to be dead to sins. We choose to lay down our own life and say, I'm not going to live for myself. I'm not going to do whatever feels good. I'm not going to do whatever the world says I can do. I'm not going to live within all my legal rights. I'm going to die to the things that, that, that displease the Lord Jesus. Then I'm going to live unto righteousness. I'm going to embrace what he's saying to do. Communion today is about resolving the conflict between sin and righteousness, where we're still working out uh, the, the salvation, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, the scriptures say. So it means wherever there's a deficit in us, we recognize that he has what we need to complete it and make it right. And we're to never give up. We're to never just settle back and settle for a cycle of negativity or a cycle of sin or a cycle of unrighteousness in our life. But to recognize Jesus does have the ability when we rely on him to bring us into a place of victory. And our, our covenant depends on our faith in him, quite frankly. If we want the benefits, We've got to yield to the working and, and uh, doing of the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. He said, for you were as sheep going astray, but you are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. What's he saying? He's saying that in, in the act of communion or the work that goes on in our heart, we are returning to fellowship with the Lord Jesus, who is our shepherd. Who's, who does everything in his power and has already done everything in his power to lead and guide us into the, the greener pastures of Psalm 23. The better way, the better place to live, the better kind of life that has an increase of peace in it instead of conflict and discord. He wants us to live a, a healed life, not just have a healed body, but have a healed life. I consider all the ways that the world is trying to break down believers. 
I, I don't just marvel at it. I recognize Jesus himself said it would happen. He said things would, things would happen in this world. The spirit of the world would try to separate people from the spirit of God. Well, we know he never leaves us, but I want to give you a clue to something. We can step back from him and create a, an open space for the enemy to operate and begin to take us away from God. Communion today brings us into close fellowship with him. I'm going to ask you wherever you are to, to gather your elements and be ready to receive communion. Uh, I've shared with you the, the New Testament meaning in Jesus' own words of what it means to live for him. It's not just a matter of hearing his sayings, but we choose to do them. We choose to honor what he says, even when people hurt our feelings, even when things don't work out, even when it seems like something we have prayed for didn't happen the way we intended or wanted it to. We don't give up and we don't give in. You know, I find that many times when things are not working out, either God's protecting the end that he has in mind, or we don't know enough of the word to stand on the scripture and be believing God anyway. We're just praying for something we want instead of standing on his word. Walking in covenant and today renewing covenant by taking communion is giving God our heart to work with again. It's renewing our, what I say, our, our vows of salvation, that it isn't just about what God's doing for me, but it's about what I can do giving my life back to him. And when we focus on that end of giving ourselves back to him, he's going to take care of us on, on the front end and in, in how our life works out. He says he's a rewarder. Scripture says God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And all we have to do is first choose to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. So if you will, this morning, take your, your communion elements in your hand. I'm getting mine over here. They're over to the side and we're going to receive together. And I, I believe this morning you're going to have a work of righteousness done in you by the Holy Spirit. You're going to have a great desire again to fellowship with Christians and be back as a part of the body of Christ and be back in church and in fellowship together. This little season we're in is going to pass. I can't wait for it to pass. Uh, there's nothing like uh, telling a, a preacher he can't be in church to, to literally uh, cripple what it is he's all about. So I've had to pray and say, God, help me speak into a screen as though the people are all there because I miss the people. I love the people. Lucinda and I love you and Jesus loves you this morning. He laid down his life. He gave his body. When he gave his body, he gave it over for destruction. It was so that our bodies wouldn't have to go through torment and destruction. He became our healer when he took on our, our stripes and our bruises on the cross. So if you take the, your, your bread in your hand, your cracker, whatever you've got, as you partake of the bread this morning, you are receiving of Jesus' broken body. And as you receive of his broken body, you are receiving healing, the healing power of God into your own physical body, into your own very life, the way you think might need to be healed this morning. If, if you've not been in the word much or meditating what the scriptures say, and you've been listening to too much of the news, there's got to be a changing of your mind. And uh, as we receive of the bread this morning, we're saying, Jesus, you can change my body. You can change my mind, the way I think about things. Help my life line up with your resurrected life. So this morning, if you will, take of, of the bread and receive with me right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. I always thank him when I'm receiving. It takes me a few minutes. I've got kind of a dry mouth right now. It takes me a minute. But I give him thanks. I give him praise. I'm thankful because I know every time I receive of communion, there's a renewing happening on the inside of me. And it's something that God is faithful to do to renew covenant because I acknowledge what it means. He's the one faithful to do it. I'm faithful to do my part knowing he's already done. He's already done his part and I get to experience that in my life now. If you will take your, your, your juice or wine or whatever you've got in your hand, this represents the, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the literal blood of covenant that he shed in, in laying down his life for you and me so that we could receive of this, uh, this juice this morning, receive from his cup, his life laid down so that his life becomes our new life. It says that when Jesus came to earth, he laid down all his heavenly majesty to live an earthly life. He laid it down so that we could take up his heavenly majesty and live forever with him in heaven, but also to enjoy some of the peace of God in this life and enjoy some of heaven on earth. Life doesn't seem like uh, heaven on earth lately for most people, but I believe we're this morning being renewed to that understanding that our faith causes us to receive from the Lord Jesus a little bit more of, of heavenly good all the time because he laid it down in heaven so we could take it up in the earth, not just for us to get to heaven one day and have this wonderful new kind of life. He wanted us to experience his best version of life here that we could possibly have. So this morning, as you take of the cup, I believe it's gonna renew in you new life. I believe it's going to renew in you a, a thirst for righteousness and a hunger for the things of God. It's gonna renew in you the desire for fellowship with his family because we're all receiving of the same body and the same blood for the same purpose. And that's to do his will. We, we saw as we started out in Hebrews, he's doing all of this so that we can enjoy doing his good will in the earth. And that's to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. So if you will this morning, uh, receive the cup with me in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. There's a cleansing work, there's a healing work, there's a restoring work. There's the refurbishment of God from the inside out. I believe this morning as I pray with you as we close, you're going to experience a strengthening and not a weakening, not a tearing down at this time, but a building up. I believe that the Spirit of God working in you and working in your family and working in your household is going to give you a renewed strength on the inside to live for Jesus, to be able to, to fight into a, a place of victory. And I say fight because we're living a fight of faith and you're going to have to maybe renew the fight now that you have a renewed energy. We, we, we know the scripture says that he'll renew a right spirit in us. That right spirit in you is a fighting spirit, one to overcome because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Pray with me, if you will, right where you are. Heavenly Father, in Jesus name, we thank you for re renewing in us a knowledge of our covenant with you, 
for stirring in us faith to believe you for the, the best, for the victory and everything. Father, I thank you for health and healing in the act of communion because we're renewing our covenant with you. And our covenant says, Jesus, you're our healer. By your stripes going to the cross, we are healed. So we enjoy that healing. Father, I speak it into every household and every family. I send your word into every household to bring a healing and bring a cure against any sickness, disease, or lack, any kind of lack or any kind of difficulty in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for driving out any strife or any anxiety in Jesus' name, that there will be a peace that passes all understanding that settles into every heart and every home, that, Father, you'll stir in us a hunger and thirst for the things of God. Father, a desire to be together in fellowship. Father, a, a looking forward to that time that's soon coming, that we can celebrate the, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and celebrate our new birth in him. Father, thank you for bringing us into the family by sending us Jesus. Jesus, you're our Lord and we love you and we're so thankful for you this morning. We give you great thanksgiving and we honor your name and we give you all the glory. Heavenly Father, I thank you that 2021 will be a, a year that we choose to proclaim the goodness and the glory of God. Before we even see or experience it, we will speak out into our future the blessing of God to come. Father, that that blessing is rich upon us as we walk closely with the Lord Jesus will have the same outcomes that he promised in the word. Father, I believe it's true for every family this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we love you this morning. I believe you're going to enjoy family time together as you minister to and fellowship with your families. And very soon we'll be together. I don't know. We'll do some special things coming into Christmas if we can. I'm trusting that uh, this plague will pass, pass over, be done here so that we can be back together soon. God bless you. We love you. See you soon. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that ministry at Living Word Church is possible. You can get more information on our website at go2lwc.org. You can also give online as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. Be blessed this week and be a doer of his word.